Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Nikki John Giammi. Oh, I messed your name up, Nikki John Giammi. <laughs> That's How is okay. That? Is that the right pronunciation? It's very close, Tom. It's Gan Jemmy. Gan Jemmy. Okay. Gen-Gemi. Should have asked you that before. That would have been smart. <laughs> but <laughs> Nikki is a life coach who calls herself a personal trainer for your mind. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you, Tom. I'm super excited to be here with you today. Well, I love it that you're here, and I love the fact that you are a personal trainer for the mind. And now I need to ask that first question, which is, so what is a personal trainer for the mind? (laughs) That is a great question. And so much like a personal trainer does for the body, right, to strengthen the body, to help you with flexibility, a personal trainer for the mind helps you to learn how to think in ways that support your growth. So it's interesting because in school, we really weren't taught how to think. We were told a lot of what to think, right? From teachers and parents. And a lot of what we were told, we just kind of decided to keep and carry with us throughout life. And sometimes it doesn't help us. So by learning how to think for yourself in ways that support the things that you want, your goals, your vision, your dreams, and all that. You learn how to become more resilient, how to strengthen yourself from the inside, how to become more responsive rather than reactive to the situations that sometimes come at us in life. So it's a way of uh, learning how to eliminate any of the negative emotions that you hold with inside of you, any limiting beliefs that keep you from going after what you want in life, and then also getting rid of that internal conflict where part of you wants to do something, but there's this other part, and then it keeps us kind of stuck. So hope that answers your question. Well, that's a very good answer, and it's got a lot of parts to it. Yes. And I, I wonder how we would, I don't know that you have this as an answer right at the tip of your tongue, but how would a teacher teach differently if, we, if you could? There's so many things in our schooling that we never learned. I mean, nobody ever taught us how to have a budget. I mean, as a, in the middle school, you know, how to spend your money or not spend it or save your money. How do we teach people to think? They tell us, this is what you have to remember. This is what you have to get on the test. This yes. is how you have to think about this problem. But what about thinking about your life? What would you want to teach? If you were, if you were the teacher, I don't know if it would be middle school or high school, where, where would you teach this? Well, you know what? It's so funny you ask me that because I used to be a teacher. I taught in elementary school for 15 oh. years. Oh my, okay. Yes, yeah, before I resigned just over two years ago to do my life my way and right. do what I feel that I'm best at. Uh, so when, and when I was teaching, uh, what I started doing was asking kids open-ended questions rather than giving them choices or options, like on a multiple choice test, you know, where it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like firefighter, police officer, nurse, doctor, lawyer, you know, it's like, I was never given the choice for entrepreneur, let's just say, you know, so I kind of chose from my, my options, but that's one thing, you know, asking 
asking questions. And um, another when, thing- When you yeah. do that, I just, this is a thought that occurs to me. Mm-hmm. When we say doctor, officer, police officer, whatever, the really question is, what do you see in that that's interesting to you? What is it about being a nurse or a doctor or a police officer that fits you? Yes. Yeah, you can ask that. And then also, as you're saying that, I'm thinking questions like, what do you love? What puts a smile on your face? Right. You know, what, um, and maybe this is for a little kids that are older, maybe teenagers, but what's something that when you do it, you lose track of time and you find that time just seems to fly by and you're having fun. Absolutely. And I think a lot of uh, kids in different ages have these ideas and they're afraid to follow them because no one has given them permission to follow. Oh, that's a big one, Tom. Yes, nobody's given them permission. That's one thing that I think stops us growing, you know, as we get older in life. And then also um, conforming to family, right? Loyalty to the family. You know, I don't yeah. want to disappoint a parent or, you know, something like that. So it's like, let me just do what I think people will be proud of me for. There's lots of those types of yes, in, a, inner obstacles that come and up. And there is an awful lot of parenting, which I hope we didn't do with our children, but <laughs> I don't know. But it, it was telling them what you should do. Oh, uh, yes. You should be a lawyer or you should be a doctor. We never did that to our kids, well, but still, who mm. knows what we said. Yeah, that's how I became a teacher. I wanted to act, you know, I wanted to major in theater. And I was told, well, that's not stable. You've got to get a job where there's stability, you have the paycheck and benefits. Right. Did you, were you raised by my parents? I might have. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Surprise, because I wanted to be a radio announcer. And I was told that's not a job. You need to get a job. Mm-hmm. And, and I also heard recently in the last you know, 20 years or something that the definition of job is just over broke. Oh, yes. And yes, I heard that one too. I love that. And it's When you're doing what you really love to do, you build your own business as you are doing at this point. Exactly. Yeah. So those were, there was a whole set of rules besides raise your hand when you want to go to the restroom. You know, there was a bunch of other rules too. Just like, you know, you experienced as well. So learning how to question that. One of my favorite questions that I learned in either out getting my coaching certifications is who says, you know, somebody tells you you need a job to pay the bills. Who says, who do I know that doesn't have a job who maybe has a, a business that they love and they're more than able to pay their bills. You know, it's getting outside of the box. Absolutely. And today with our world that we were in with the pandemic having changed so much, and so many people going, hmm, what have I been doing and do, do I want to continue doing this? I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that and ask questions. Maybe you'll be able to help a lot more people right now. Yes. When, they come, when someone comes to you, what, is their, what do you hear them saying? What are some of the issues that you hear when they come and say, I need your help, I, and then go from there? Yeah, uh, the, the thing that follows I typically is I feel stuck or part of me wants to do this thing. And then there's this other part that's saying that it's not responsible or that it's not gonna work out. Or I hear things like, what if I fail? And the opposite, what if I succeed? You know, there's all these fears, there's all these stories that people tell themselves. It's like this internal conversation that you're having with your inner critic. 
And so that's some of the things people come to me for. And then also a lot of negative emotion that they're feeling inside of them, whether it's some anger, some guilt, some regret, things like that, sadness. So I help them with removing the emotion that they carry in them because it, it's, it takes, it feels like weight that you're carrying. It is. It and is. when and you could release, weight. yeah, when you could release some of that, it's like, oh, I feel 70 pounds lighter. <laughs> the scale may say the same number, but you feel a whole feel lot lighter. lighter. What, are, what are some of the ways that you help people? I mean, these are deep feelings. These are not things you just put on overcoat and now you take it off. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to that time when, when mom and dad said you must. Yes. Uh, most of it is way back from childhood. Right. Childhood. Yeah. Where something happened and it could be anything. It could be that you were, uh, you were on the playground and somebody said, oh, you can't play. And in that moment, you made a decision. You know, let's just say the decision was maybe there's something wrong with me or I don't fit in. It's a decision, but it was a limiting one rather right. than a decision that empowers you. And then when you repeat that over and over again and start to look for evidence, you know, oh, see, yep, see, I know I don't fit in. That, that's, you know, wherever I go, I don't fit in. I, and that story just kind of builds and snowballs over time. And eventually you start finding notice when you get into the dating world and then in the, then you start your career and it just becomes your identity, who you are and how you see yourself. And um, I, I remember author Maxwell Maltz says that you'll never outperform your identity. And that's, so well, that's a wonderful statement. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so many people, they start with trying to change their behavior. They start with, I'm going to get a Peloton. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to, you know, whatever the behavior is, but they don't stop and look at who they are and how they see themselves. And since you can't outperform that, yeah, when you start with changing you at the level of how you see yourself, who you believe yourself to be, that's where every, there's a trickle down effect where you naturally start being motivated to take different actions that you weren't before. That's quite wonderful. And what techniques do you have to help? I mean, besides the, the intelligence that you obviously have and the understanding, <laughs> how do you still have to get past these barriers that people have? You do. Yes. So I use a lot of different modalities uh, that I've been trained in. I use something called tapping, which is emotional freedom technique. It's like acupressure for your emotions. People go for <laughs> acupuncture to heal physical pain in the body. Right. And you could actually tap on those meridian points and process emotions that you have stored inside and pent up. So that's one of the tools that I use. I also do hypnotherapy. There's just so many different types of tools that I have in my toolkit that I can walk people through and I can also teach them so they can learn how to help themselves. Yes, right? absolutely. So you said this was about two, a little more than two years ago that you made the transition. I did, yes. I walked out of those doors June of 2019. Interesting timing mm -hmm. too. Uh, yes, that's what people tell me. <laughs> but maybe you saw something coming. You said, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe this is not the place to be. No, you know what it was? I'll be honest. It was hitting that 40 year mark when I turned 40. Right. And I, I was getting ready for work and I looked in the mirror and I felt so miserable. And I just had that like mirror moment where I stepped outside of my body and I could see that I was still that hurt 
teenager that was mm. just trying to still follow the rules and do what, what she was told was right. And I was like, but wait a second, I did everything I was told I was supposed to do. I did the stability and the certainty model, but I didn't get my husband and kids. And I was like, I can't believe I made it to 40 and I'm still here by myself. So in that moment, I decided it's time that I do things my way. And so that's, that was, so it just, the timing worked out really well, but the, the real thing was the, the 40, that milestone year. That number <laughs> just popped up and you said, oh yeah. I'm like, what 40? Oh no, no, no. He- hold on. We're going to start doing life different. <laughs> well, that's, that's grand. When you look back on your life, do you see who you were then underneath the good girl doing the right things? Who I do. That is really you. Yeah. And you said it really well, Tom. I think that's what it was. Just that, that good girl. And, and we all have that in us, the good little girl, the good little boy who just wants to, who just wants to fit in, feel like the well, they they belong. Be, they right? want to be loved. And we they want to be the, loved. That's yeah. the way we'll get they want to know that they matter all of that. Yeah. And, and in trying to do that your whole life, you forget who you are. You lose that. And with reflection, and I've done a lot of work myself, just, you know, um, personal growth and therapy and all that throughout my life. But it's like, yeah, who, who are you really? Like remembering you at your, your core, who you really are. Yes. So, yeah, I wanted to please. And then I decided it's time to please me. And what I want is to start enjoying what I do every day. And I know that, yes, as a teacher, you make a difference in kids' lives, but I also know that I'm able to make a difference in a, in a different way where I could really help people, where I'm not stuck having to teach to a test all day. And also those people you help will yes. have, may likely have kids themselves yes. not already, and they can help their kids better if you have already helped them. Exactly. Yes. I could actually reach more people working with adults. So you, I, I get from you a very loving and caring person. What do you see inside? I mean, I'm not, I don't mean you have to criticize that or not agree with that. But the point is, there's something inside that seems special that has to do with this work you're doing. What do you notice about yourself that was that that led, that, that led you to, to where you are today? Oh, wow. That is, I love that question, Tom. What I have finally been able to see, and it took a lot of even forgiving myself, was that I am that fun, playful, and loving person, spirit, that I had soul, whatever word you want to use, that I had just forgotten about. I was only looking at the faults and what I labeled broken pieces. And, um, you know, that's the only thing I was able to see, because that's what I was, the only thing I was looking for. When I learned how to look at what are some things that I do well, what are some of the successes that I've had? I was able to soften some of that anger and resentment and pity and all of that and rebuild my self-worth. You also mentioned in the very beginning of that you know, explanation, the word forgiveness. And it seems yeah. to me that forgiving ourselves, now a lot of people say you gotta forgive X, Y, Z or whoever, but I think we mostly have to forgive ourselves and I hear that that's part of what you found. Absolutely. Yeah. Forgiveness is one of the best gifts you can give yourself. I see it as an act of self-compassion. 
You know, you just free yourself from any of the ties that are holding you. I mean, forgiving others is important too, but it really, it really comes down to you. When you forgive, whether it's yourself or others, what you're really doing is you're freeing yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And what a wonderful sensation. Yes. It, there's, there's this feeling of just weightlessness right. that you right. feel. That's mm -hmm. grand. Now, during this extremely difficult time, I mean, as I say, it's interesting that you came in, in 2019 and said, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my whole life. And then, <laughs> and then the world changed with you. I don't know who's, which came first. But uh, what, um, what have you seen for yourself? What has it been like for you entering the, during this pandemic? How have you been able to have a business? How have you been able to progress during all of this? And what have you found in the, during the pandemic with your clients? So I felt that um, I actually, when the pandemic first began, I found that I already had a leg up, so to speak, because things were already uncertain for me the year before. Right. Right. I mean, figure that was June 2019. It was around March. What was it? March 2020. Right. Right. So I felt like, you know, all those months I was already uncertain, not knowing where money was coming from. You know, I was so used to, like I said, that guarantee of the paycheck being directly deposited into my account and all that. So I really had to practice what I preach. I really had to stay in the lane that I was in. And I practiced that every day. You know, today is Tuesday, whatever date, this is where I'm at today. And I don't think beyond today. So really just being in the present and looking at what was working. I mean, those are some questions I love. And that's what I would ask myself. What's going well? What's working? What's one thing I accomplished today? And it helped me to keep my focus where I was at instead of thinking of the big picture, which is where we can, we can start to get uh, anxious when we think of a lot of uh, what ifs and unknowns. And I think that's what was happening during the pandemic. People, they wanted answers that they didn't have. And it can, you know, it can spark a lot of fear, that uncertainty. Um, as far as clients, I noticed that the difference was before people were coming to me because they wanted support with feeling that they believed in themselves and had the courage to start that business, that passion that they had inside of them, that they wanted to do something different. After or during the pandemic, I had more people coming to me to deal with the emotions they were feeling, that I have this feeling of anxiety or I'm feeling fear, um, you know, and I feel very unsettled and I just find myself worrying all the time. So I was doing a lot of work with helping people to deal with those emotions and to deal with those thoughts that they were thinking, because it's always the thought that comes first, that you have the thought and then you experience the emotion. Right, right. <clears throat> and how did you, did they come about to seeing, what, what did they do to help themselves to live in this very perilous time? Because to say that I'm afraid there's something out there that's dangerous was to cite the truth. Um, and yet we're in it and we need to be part of the world. Yes. So how would you help them to be part of the world and be okay with themselves? Yeah. So um, one of the things is that I had suggested that as much as they can to limit the, watching the news, you know, <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> absolutely excellent idea. 
watching and listening to news and reading the news, um, it's okay to be informed, right? You want to be aware. Uh, and um, there's also where you, you can limit your intake of that. You know, there's no reason to sit and just stay admired in that and listen to these things, stories being repeated over and over again. So I was encouraging them to limit that. I was also encouraging them to uh, surround themselves with people who had a more positive outlook on things, people who were willing to look at the bright side. I mean, there were a lot of good things that were what that was occurring during that time, you know, and one thing that pops into mind is the connection that happened. Tom, I remember uh, before the whole pandemic, we were having, I think it was, it was Christmas. It was some kind of a big holiday dinner and we were sitting at the dining room table at my parents' house. And it was my grandmother who at the time was 94 and she was sitting there and we were all on our phones using Snapchat and taking pictures and using those funny filters and making <laughs> videos and laughing and having a good time with my siblings and everything. And then I spoke to my grandmother on the phone the next day and she goes, Nikki, you know, um, I felt like I wasn't even there. It was as if grandma wasn't even sitting at the dinner table with you guys. Right. I didn't feel that you guys even saw me. And I felt really sad in that moment because I was like, wow, here we were together physically in a room, but she felt alone. And then people were experiencing that during the pandemic that you couldn't be physically in the room with, with your family, right? Unless you all live together. And they still felt alone. So I was like, that was an opportunity for us to really, when you're with people and you're present to be there, it's like, get off the phone, be with the people that you're with, engage in conversation. So connection and building stronger bonds with your family was one positive thing that came out of the pandemic. Yes, I know that we had several uh, family reunions, which we hadn't had in years. Um, but these were on Zoom and it was both sides of the first, my side, then Noel's side, whatever side it was. But it was also that intensity because we hadn't had them. We hadn't been. And the discussions were much more intense, much more personal than they had. Been. Yeah. So in, a, in that interesting way, there was a silver lining. Yes. Uh, and also this podcast is a result of the pandemic because I want to talk to people like you so that instead of listening to bad news, people will hear some good news. See, look, here we have somebody who's offering a way to help. Here we have people who are doing things that are really loving, really caring. And you don't hear about that on the news. You hear about all the terrible things and projection into the future terrible things. That's and right. I believe that you have to offer something positive for now and the future. How what you can do can help people and help their future. That's good news. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'll tell you, there is more positive than negative. And you said it, it's just not reported on the news. That wouldn't really be newsworthy or very interesting, right? Wouldn't be very sensational right. to talk but about somebody, you know, um, make letting you make a left turn in front of them or holding the door open. At the exactly. store. Who exactly. wants to hear that? <laughs> and it would be interesting to me. I mean, that's not going to happen under my watch. I'm not going to do it. But if somebody started a channel of good news and started putting out all these stories that exist throughout the country, I bet the ratings would grow. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? Why don't we do that together? I'm all about just having the good news. Yes, <laughs> Tune in to the good news. Tune in to the good news. Well, 
One of the pieces of good news is that this has been so fascinating that our time is flying by. And before we completely end this, this wonderful conversation, people are listening to us. And if they're listening and would like to have more good news and find out more about what you're doing and how they could maybe be part of that, how would they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, thank you for asking me that, Tom. They can find me uh, at, they could go to my website, which is mindfulmattersliving.com. They can also email me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at mindfulmattersliving.com. And I'm all over social media. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Talk for a second, though, about that mindful matters living. What is yeah so then yeah the name of my business is mindful matters and i came up with that while i was a teacher and i and i noticed that the kids were having the same issues that i went through in the same district that i taught i was also a student years ago and they were still being picked on and bullied and excluded and felt really bad about themselves so i said i want to help them cope with these feelings and understand that they're good enough as is. So I, I thought when you're mindful of how you're feeling and you have that awareness, that's really where you have now the power to make a change. And I came up with matter because at the core, what we all have in common as human beings is we want to know that we matter and that we're heard. So I put it together and I said, Mindful Matters is going to be this program that helps people to love themselves and see the greatness inside of them. No, that's quite wonderful. And, and what you're saying is mindful and really should be heard and is going to be heard, I am sure. Now, we're going to end, but I want to ask you, do you have a, any vision of the future? I know you do, but what would you like to share about the future that you see coming? Oh, thank you. What I see is more of an awareness. I see people being slowing down tuning into themselves and just becoming more uh, present to how they're feeling. And I, I see a lot more connection and I see people wanting to feel better. And because they want to feel better, they're going to be attracted to that personal growth. Well, that's wonderful. And I, I, I like that prediction and I'm looking forward to it myself. So Nikki, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been wonderful having you as a guest. Thank you, Tom. It was fun.